Pet Behavior Consulting Essentials. The essentials for success for those who work with pet behavior problems. With your hosts, Dr. Suzanne Hetz and Dr. Dan Step, Behavior Education Network. Welcome everybody to Pet Behavior Consulting Essentials, where we talk about just exactly what the name of the podcast says, the essentials for success for all of you who work with pet behavior problems in one capacity or another. I'm Dr. Suzanne Hetz, and with me is... Dr. Dan Estep. Welcome, everyone. And this is going to be kind of a chat between the two of us, and since this is our inaugural episode, we thought we'd just take a few minutes and tell you a little bit about um, ourselves so that you know why we're qualified to, to talk on this topic. So, Dr. Dan, you want to say a, little, a few words to the folks about who you are? Well, yeah, we're both uh, certified applied animal behaviorists and have been for quite a number of years. I'm a former college professor, taught for over 20 years, and did research in animal behavior. Um, also have had about 30, almost 30 years of experience now uh, actually doing pet behavior consulting. And my partner... Dr. Suzanne Hetz. I, too, am a certified applied animal behaviorist. That certification comes through the Animal Behavior Society. You can Google them if you want to learn more about that. And I have a, a graduate degree in animal behavior from Colorado State University um, back in 1989 or so. And like Dan, I've worked in the pet behavior field for 30 years in one capacity or another. I've worked for the Denver Dumb Friends League. I started their behavior helpline years ago. I've worked at the Veterinary Teaching Hospital at CSU. So both of us have a lot of experience working with pet owners to help them solve their pet's behavior problems quite successfully. We're also award-winning teachers and authors. We've had award-winning books. Um, we've lectured on four continents. And I think over the years, we've really gained the trust of the veterinary community in our home city of Denver. Um, we've worked with pet behavior problems primarily through veterinary referral. So in recent years, we've been focusing on, in addition to working with pet owners, on also educating professionals about the science of animal behavior and learning as it applies to solving pet behavior problems. So we have a number of online education sites. Our sort of signature site is Behavior Education Network that we'll be telling you more about here in a little bit. And you can also read more about our background um, at BehaviorEducationNetwork.com or at PetProWebinars.com. And we've also lived with dogs and cats for most of our lives. So we also speak from the pet owner's perspective as well. We can identify with problems they face and um, what they are really asking for from us as behavior professionals. Right, right. So what this podcast really is going to be about is about the science of animal behavior and the sciences that are related to that that contribute to trying to work with the behavior problems of pets. We're going to talk about the application of that science through specific case examples that we'll be giving you from podcast to podcast. We'll also be talking about the business of being a pet behavior consultant. That is how you get referrals, how you develop a good reputation, your credibility, developing relationships with other professionals, best practices, and more. We plan on each of these episodes being about 15 to 20 minutes long because we know how busy people you are and we are as well. So we really wanted to um, 
try to be pretty concise about what we talk about and talk about little thin slices of topics of interest in each podcast so that you can take a few minutes while maybe you're driving from one case to another and listen to us, but you don't have to set aside a whole hour um, to consume what we're going to be telling you. We have more in-depth um, instructional um, opportunities, educational opportunities at Behavior Education Network and Pet Pro webinars as well. So what we thought we would do in this first episode is just kind of take a big picture view of the following question, which is how can you be the pet behavior consultant or trainer people want to hire to help them with their pet's behavior problem? Um, because people tend to work with folks who they know, like, and trust. And we're always, all of us are always trying to attract more referral business and help our businesses be more successful. So I, we think that's an important question to consider, that what, what goes into people's decision-making process about who they're going to hire when, they, um, when their pet has a behavior problem. And sure, people can price shop based on price, but those folks may not be your most desirable clients. So we're not going to talk about pricing structures and how much um, you charge as a, a factor that can influence people's decision, but we're going to talk more about um, what you do and what people are really looking for. And the first thing they're looking for that Dan's going to talk a little bit about is being effective. I mean, being good at what you do, really helping people solve the pet's behavior problem in a timely and efficient fashion in ways that are still good for the pet and make both the pet and the people happy. Right. Well, the place to start, of course, is with a good education in the sciences of learning and in animal behavior. And there's a variety of ways, of course, to get this sort of education. You can take classes at colleges and universities. You can uh, take webinars from a whole variety of different resources and groups. We'll talk about some of ours here in a minute. You can work directly with a mentor. That is, is to be an apprentice, either formally or informally, with somebody who's already in the business, who's already has a successful practice, and learn from them. You can join or even try and create your own local groups or join national groups of um, trainers. Get on um, different sorts of um, uh, like Facebook groups, for example, um, for people that do training and behavior consulting to uh, get more education that way. Certainly attending conferences and workshops uh, are always helpful and to ultimately you need to get all of that information and to get that education so that you can demonstrate to people in one way or another um, that you have the credibility to work successfully with their pets. You need to also get some experience in doing that and certainly if you're working with a mentor that will help you to get experience uh, but there's different ways that you can go about doing that as well. You want to try and develop good communication skills and you want to be um, really a good business person as well and if you're going to be effective. You've got to have the, the business organized in such a way that it's efficient and that it's going to be effective. You know, there's a big discussion going on online in various groups right now about whether um, acquiring some sort of certification is worth it or not. And I guess our stance on that is we think it it is. There can be some caveats with that regarding 
who's doing the certification and what the criteria are for certification. But especially if you choose a certification where you have to demonstrate your knowledge um, in some form or fashion, and even better, be able to demonstrate your skills. But testing yourself in some way to see whether you have the foundation of information in behavior and learning is, is, a, is a, good, a good place to start. And granted, the general public and maybe some even the referral sources who you um, who refer clients to you may not know everything about all the different certifications available in this field. But the fact that you have some sort of credential, I think, um, kind of gives you uh, a step up. And when we talk about um, acquiring the requisite knowledge that, to prepare you for certification. We want to take just a, a moment here and hear a message from our sponsor, as we say, which is Behavior Education Network, which is our online educational membership site that we've um, had since 2009. And one of the member benefits of Ben is monthly webinars that we offer exclusively to Ben members. Occasionally, we might open them up to other folks for a fee, but um, for Ben members, there it's part of a member benefit. And we've been doing these monthly webinars in Ben since we started in 2009, which means that you have immediately available at your fingertips access to almost a hundred webinar courses, and we're adding new ones every month. So we can guarantee to you that the content in Ben rivals any online trainer education site that you might that you might find. There's just it's just packed full of information. And we also review scientific papers, something that no other um, site that we've run across really can do because there's so much uh, uh, explosion of research in this field about pet behavior, but not all of it is really good quality. And it's really important for you guys to know what you really want to pay attention to and what isn't so good and is often misrepresented in the popular writings about it online. So we have all kinds of scientific, scientific review articles. Um, we have client handouts that you can customize to use with your clients. We have scores of checklists you can use. Basically just the resources that you need to be a good pet behavior consultant. So we'd encourage you to take a look at membership. It's only 25 bucks a month. You don't have a long-term commitment or investments of thousands of dollars like you do with some of the other online educational opportunities you have. And we can also guarantee you that it will prepare you for any non-degree certification you are striving for. Um, we have some of the other benefits that we talked about are necessary, like a online forum and um, group mentoring, case studies, all those sorts of things. So we hope to have you with us and Ben in, in the near future as a member. And thank you for listening to this short sponsorship mess message from Ben. So let's get back to our main topic now, which is what factors influence whether people want to hire you as a pet behavior consultant or trainer. What are people really looking for? And we're basing this information on our 30 years of working with people and what our clients have told us they like about what we do and, and what they, they really are looking for when they need help with their pet's behavior problem. So remember that we started out by saying that uh, people work with people that they know, like, and trust. And that's in all kinds of relationships and all kinds of businesses. And so part of that, of course, is to be knowledgeable about what you're doing. But another part of that is to be 
nice, polite, and respectful. That is to be a person that other people really want to get to know and want to be around. And you have to also understand their point of view. Um, Clients sometimes you'll get you'll get in um, discussions perhaps with folks where they're viewing their pet's behavior in one way. Maybe they're thinking the the dog is being stubborn, or the cat is trying to send them a message about not using the litter box, and y you want to turn their viewpoint around, change how they're doing things with their pets. But if you don't understand where they're coming from and don't acknowledge perhaps the, uh, maybe there's a grain of truth in what they're saying, um, but you, getting into a battle of wills and essentially disrespecting or not acknowledging where they're coming from and what they want is not going to in, in gender that kind of relationship that we just talked about, um, people wanting to work with folks they know, like, and trust. Because for your clients, it's not about, it's not all about what you know. It's about what they want and what you can do for them. And I think sometimes we get in a rut of wanting to um, focus on letting clients know how much we know, but they may not care about how much we know if we can't really help them and if we not if we aren't easy and and comfortable and nice to work with. And that all gets back really to good communication skills and we also and Ben are able to provide some information about that as well. We have a number of courses about that. But trying to get your point across may not always be the most important part of the conversation that you have with your clients and that's important to keep in mind. Another thing to think about as far as what attracts um, potential customers to hiring you is your ability to be flexible. Now obviously there has to be um, some limits to that because um, for example when we were first starting out, out we had people who wanted us to come see them at 8 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night or um, drive unreasonable distances rather than us coming to them. So there's a limit to flexibility. There has to be some give and take there. But still, I think historically the dog training profession has this um, maybe undeserved in large part, but again, a grain of truth about my way or the highway, that you have to do things the way that people have to do things the way that you recommend or you're not going to work with them. And I know there's big discussions about different types of training techniques and training tools and how we don't want to use ABC tool or we can only use XYZ methods. But when you're talking with a pet owner who is maybe at the opposite end of the spectrum from where you want them to be, Asking them to move all the way to your end of the spectrum in one fell swoop is probably not going to be realistic and it's probably not going to engender a good working relationship. So we think you have to build in some flexibility there even if you want ultimately the client to change their methods or their tools pretty dramatically. Start with small steps. Start um, trying to get them to do one or two things differently or do things differently for short periods of time and see how they work. So building in that flexibility um, to get people on the same page with you that you want them to be, I, we think is, is crucial in creating a good working relationship. Another point is, is being good at following up with your clients. Um, and this really comes under the rubric of best practices. 
you want to be able to follow up with them to see how they're carrying out the recommendations that you made, how the animal is coming along in terms of the behavior modification or other techniques, management techniques that you've recommended. And you want to not only follow up with your clients, but also follow up with your referral resources. That is, those people who put you in touch with the clients that you then work with, whether they're veterinarians, dog trainers, groomers, other folks um, around you, other professionals that you can work closely with to help their clients. So you can also use behavioral reports that you write um, as marketing tools. That is, you're going to, in, in following up with your referral resources, you're probably going to want to send them some information about what you did when you went to meet with their client, um, how things are working out, what you're expecting things to do, what you're going to be doing with them as they move forward. And those sorts of reports then uh, can really help to um, create a good reputation for you uh, in the minds of these people who are referring clients to you. And we have a whole course on how to write behavior reports at Pet Pro Webinars. Um, and it's also part of the uh, a benefit of Ben membership that courses within Ben as well. So really in other words what you're trying to do is to create a stellar word-of-mouth reputation as somebody who is trustworthy, is nice to work with, who is credible, who is good at what they do. Um, and really word-of-mouth reputation is how most of your referrals are going to come by. For example we work primarily through veterinary referral, but that veterinary referral is also dependent on the feedback that the clients give the, the veterinarian after working with us. So even veterinary referrals or referrals from other pet professionals, it really comes down to word of mouth reputation about um, how good you are at what you do, how well you treated the pet, how well you treated the, the client, and um, whether or not you followed up with them and they didn't feel like you just had um, a brief appointment with them and took their money and then you were gone. So those are some things that we think are important in becoming a pet behavior consultant or trainer that people are going to want to hire and things that we've used successfully throughout our 30 years of working with clients. Okay, well we thank you guys for listening. We hope that you have gleaned some little tidbits that you can use here. If you have suggestions for future episodes, you can always email us at info at animalbehaviorassociates.com. And in our next episode, which um, we plan on doing on a weekly basis, we're going to take up the topic is separation anxiety and over-attachment problem. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye, everybody.